Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski. I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Stanley. And we have a very familiar face joining us. We were just talking. I think this guy's been on more podcasts than we've (laughs) produced and appeared on and more than we can shake a stick at. So let's go ahead and bring him on. We've got Nathan Hirsch coming to us from Ecom Balance talking about the 11 common bookkeeping mistakes that Amazon sellers make. So, Nate, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's it's good to be back. It's been a little while. It's it been sure a long has. time. It has. <laughs> it has. I haven't seen Nate in quite a while, actually. I think last time I had you on was probably like three years ago, that, and that was a whole different podcast. But great to have you on, Nate, and good to see you, man. Things have yeah. changed for you. <laughs> Lots of changes. Yeah, life's good. I live in Denver, Colorado now. My wife and I are foster parents. We've got this new venture we're working on, a monthly bookkeeping service for Amazon e-commerce sellers. And uh, yeah, everything's great. That's so incredible. Oh, good for y'all for being foster parents. That's such a beautiful gift to to give to a child. So uh, I'll get teary if we talk about that too much. Let's let's dive into e-com balance <laughs> Focus. and the bookkeeping. We'll talk about that at the end. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So to kind of give everyone a, a background, I mean, I was a big e-commerce seller. I, I built and sold the, the free up marketplace, which was a VA and freelancer uh, platform for e-commerce sellers. And a big part of why we were able to, to not only grow the company by making good decisions every month, but also pass due diligence and sell the company were great financials, clean books, and most importantly, a good monthly bookkeeping process. So I know bookkeeping sometimes can go over people's head or or it can be not the the sexiest topic in the world, but I like to approach it more from an an entrepreneur standpoint. What do you need to know to be dangerous? And what more importantly, what is the setup you need to have as an e-commerce seller to have success bookkeeping and be able to make good decisions on a monthly basis? So I've got the 11 common mistakes that Amazon sellers make. And I'll start with the, the big one, uh, doing the books yourself. I know when I was a, an Amazon seller, um, when I first started, I was 20. I was doing it out of my college dorm room. I never even heard of a bookkeeper, never heard of an accountant. When, I, when it was time to pay my taxes for the first time, I freaked out and tried to learn QuickBooks myself. And not only did I waste a, a lot of time and money, but I just had to pay someone to, to redo all the work anyway. So first of all, it's not a good use of your time. As a, a seller, you should be focused on launching new products, maximizing sales, getting on new marketplaces, whatever it is, not spending 10 hours a month or whatever it is doing the books. And most of the time, I would say nine out of 10 times that that we get books where the the entrepreneur did them, they just have to be redone anyway, because most entrepreneurs don't know bookkeeping. And even if you were a CPA or a bookkeeper in a past life, I would still argue it's a bad use of your time. So make sure that you get someone else to do the bookkeeping, someone who knows uh, e-commerce, someone who is a bookkeeper themselves with lots of experience. Don't spend your own time doing the books. Buying a course on how to use QuickBooks is a terrible use of your time and money. So that's Nate, number I one. Wait, yeah, I got, I'll let I you guys jump in before I keep going. That. Because I mean, you know, 
there's probably some things they should do, right? Like, I mean, there's at least, should they at least pull the data into QuickBooks to give to somebody? Uh, is there some basic items that maybe a seller should at least do on their own to have ready for somebody? So we'll talk about the setup, like the type of setup okay. that you'll have to, to get set up, but no, you should not be uh, importing any transactions or pulling any reports into QuickBooks or, or anything like that. Uh, let a bookkeeper do it. If you're paying a bookkeeper, make them do all the work. Uh, it's not a good use of your time and, and most more likely uh, they're going to do it correctly anyway, um, where you'll run into a lot of issues there. Got it. All right. Sounds good. Keep going. Number two. All right. So number two is using a CPA to do your monthly bookkeeping. So when you say the word accounting, I like to break it down into three parts. You've got your bookkeepers who are there to do things on a monthly basis. They're not filing your taxes. They shouldn't be getting, or they shouldn't be giving you tax advice. You should not get tax advice from your bookkeepers. Um, they are there to work out of QuickBooks and do your monthly books. And most importantly, put things in a way for you to be able to make decisions every month. If you, the books are accurate, but you can't read them or understand them, that only does you so much good. They're also there to make tax season less stressful. If you do your books every month, you don't have to wait till the end of the year and do them all at once. December, January, February is not that stressful because you've been doing your books uh, every single year or every single month. Your CPA, they're your tax strategist. They're there to decide, should you be an S corporation or a C corporation? They're there to help you with what you can deduct and what you can write off. They're there to give you tax advice and to file your taxes. And the third part, which comes into play where when you start getting over five, $10 million a year is that CFO there for planning, for projections, for making business decisions. Um, and they could be full-time, part-time, outsourced, uh, fractional CFO, a lot of different options there. But at the very least, you need to have an accountant or CPA, or if you're in another country, it could be called something different, but a tax professional uh, or, and a bookkeeper. Now, CPAs know how to do bookkeeping. They tend to do bookkeeping in a way that is correct for filing taxes, but not put in the best way for you to make decisions every single month. They're not breaking down things. They're not segmenting things. Very hard for you to make decisions a lot of times based on the bookkeeping they're doing. They also are more expensive. CPAs cost more than bookkeepers. So you'll be paying more if you have your CPA do your books. And third of all, CPAs have their own deadlines. April 15th, October 15th, there's a lot of deadlines throughout the year. <clears throat> they are not the best at being on time. You want a bookkeeper that will get you your books by the 15th every single month or your agreed upon due date. And you want someone who's just focused on that. On top of that, it's great to have two minds working together for your business. A lot of, they might have different opinions. They might be able to idea, uh, bounce ideas back and forth. You want to have both people focus on what they're specializing in, but also be able to communicate. So every business I've ever run, I've always had a separate bookkeeper from my accountant. Diversification is also good. You never know if one disappears or something like that. Um, having them dividing and conquering is good for your business, but try to avoid that all-in-one solution. Sounds good in theory, but in my experience, it can lead to a lot of issues. Anything you guys want to add there before I keep going? Uh, no, I, I use CPAs for both my business and personal. So absolutely. Keep going. 
Cool. So doing books yearly or quarterly. So I mentioned I started off doing the books myself and that was a disaster. And then I went, I started waiting to the end of the year and then I hire someone to do it all. And that just took forever. And it was a large sum of money up front. And then I tried doing it quarterly. And I realized that that wasn't good for making decisions because if you're losing money for three months, that's not uh, that that's too late to make a decision there. And I realized that monthly is the way to go. So the way it should work is you should have the, the month end. And then by the 15th of the month, get that income statement, balance sheet, cash flow, be able to review that. We'll talk about finance, uh, finance meetings that you should be having um, a little bit later. But monthly is a good period of time to be able to make decisions on your business. Now, you can use different tools. You can track sales weekly. You can look at daily data. But you want to make sure that at the very least, you are doing bookkeeping on a monthly basis. One of the best decisions we ever made with FreeUp is hiring a bookkeeper from day one. Even those first few months where we weren't making much profit, we at least knew what we were spending money on. We knew what what revenue was looking like. We were able to compare that month to the previous month. So make sure you're doing it on a monthly basis. You want to make sure that you're using the monthly reports to decide, hey, am I going to hire more people? Am I going to cut out the service provider? Whatever it is. So monthly is the correct amount of time. You can always do it more than monthly, but monthly is the minimum. Anything you guys want to add there before I keep going? I'm good so. with that. <laughs> That's good. Good reason why to do it. Yeah. To do it uh, yearly versus or quarterly. Yeah. Good job. Cool. Hopefully I'm not coughing too much. I have this cough that I can't seem to get. No, you're away. good. You're oh, good. good. No, you, you, you got to remember. I mean, I, I have people to do this stuff. So the, some of this is over my head, but I'm sure there's people that are in situations of needing to know this and needing to understand, uh, you know, whether they be, should be doing it. If they're, if they shouldn't be doing it, this is why. And here's some of the things you should be following from what you learned. So yeah, keep going, please. Cool. So mistake number four is not using the right tools and having the right setup. So First of all, there are two main bookkeeping softwares, QuickBooks Online, not QuickBooks Desktop, because we live in 2023 when we're recording this. And unless you're having someone come to your office, you really should be on QuickBooks Online. And there's a second company called Xero, uh, which is just as good. People have pros and cons of either one. You can't really go wrong with either one. The one thing I'll say about Zero is sometimes you can outgrow it a little bit, uh, but both of them are great. There are lots of other bookkeeping softwares. Some of them are cheap. Some of them are free. They are che cheap and free for a reason. You're going to run into issues. You're going to outgrow them. You're going to have a, a lack of capabilities with them, and you're going to struggle to find bookkeepers that are compatible with them. The last thing you want to do is be on wave and have a bookkeeper per wave and that bookkeeper quits on you and you can't find anyone else that, that uses that software. So at the very least, QuickBooks Online and Zero, it's a monthly subscription. It's pretty cheap. It's a necessary business expense. Every business you ever own for the rest of your life, you'll probably pay for them monthly, but pick one or the other and obviously use a bookkeeper that's familiar with that software. Then you, if you're an Amazon seller, which I know a lot of people are, or maybe you sell on other marketplaces, you need a connecting tool. For whatever reason, QuickBooks Online and Xero do not connect well to marketplaces. Marketplace statements are very confusing. There's refund, there's fees, um, as you guys know. And so you need a tool to be able to plug to QuickBooks. And when we started Econ Balance, we did a lot of testing and there's a lot of tools out there. The best we found is A2X um, for accuracy, lack of bugs, best customer support, uh, ease of use. And that's going to help get the right data into QuickBooks. It's a fool's errand to try to plug QuickBooks into to Shopify or to Amazon or whatever it is. You need that connecting tool. It's not cheap, but if you want accurate data, it's there. And a lot of bookkeeping services like mine will just include it in their price and they get discounted rates uh, for it as well. 
<laughs> Next up is the actual setups of your bank accounts and credit cards. You should know, and if you don't know, you should never intermingle personal and business. You should not be charging your Chipotle to your business account unless it's an actual <laughs> business expense. Um, it opens up a lot of liability with the IRS. They can break the corporate seal, and it doesn't. It kind of defeats the purpose of having an LLC if you're going to break that seal anyway and be liable for for everything your business does because you're charging everything personally. But there are personal accounts in business, let's say checking accounts. It's not illegal for you to use a personal uh, account for business only, but it is a pain for the bookkeepers. You will not, they will not be able to get view only access. You'll have to download statements every month. There's a, a lot of, of capabilities that only the business checking accounts and business credit cards have. You also want to use business checking accounts and business credit cards that allow view only access. It's crazy to me that some of the bigger banks don't allow that, but you want to avoid banks that don't allow view only access. It's just going to add work to your plate. You're going to have to download a statement every month, send it to your bookkeeper or give them more access than you should. You don't want to give full a bookkeepers full access to your banks and credit cards. So you want business checking accounts, business credit cards that allow view only access um, that you are only using for business along with either QuickBooks Online or Xero and a connecting tool. We recommend A2X, but there's some other ones out there um, that, that work as well. So that's the basic setup that you should have as an Amazon seller, as an e-commerce seller who is doing bookkeeping. Anything oh, there before I keep going? I was going to say, even even if you're not e-commerce, my, my mom is a bookkeeper um, for a, a business that is you know in retail, I guess it's a service, a printing service. And she was constantly chasing down the owner of the business. She was like, what is this receipt from Del Taco? What is this receipt from Walmart? What is this? Like, what are these charges? These, this is personal stuff. Stop doing this. And, and I know it was such a headache for her as a bookkeeper. It spent so much time and you're spending, you're paying this bookkeeper, right? Like you end up paying them more money for their time when you could just keep your books clean to begin with and, and move along. So I'm, I'm glad you made that distinction. Yeah, it's yeah. a great point. And you, I'd also add, you don't need 20 bank accounts. Simpler is better. Um, the less bank accounts better. I know there's some profit first people out there. I personally think that that's an insane way to, to run your business. Um, I'm, I'm sure smarter people than me disagree, which is fine, but the, the less is more and, and you're going to be able to, to pay your bookkeeper less. They're going to spend less time. It's going to be less hassle for everyone. If you keep it with the simple setup and, you can always make it more complicated down the line as you grow. Exactly. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here from our sponsor. We're almost halfway through the list. This is all such great stuff, Nate. Thank you so much. We'll be back in just a second. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at Katita.com slash Sellernomics. All right, you guys, be sure to head to katita.com forward slash Sellernomics for the first 400 and FBA reimbursements free. Got Nate Hirsch here with Ecom Balance talking about the common bookkeeping mistakes Amazon sellers make. And I think we are on point number five. Nate, take it away. Point number five. So not talking to your CPA about whether you should be cash or accrual. So there's two types of ways that you can file your taxes and do your books. Cash means when you actually make the purchase um, and cash moves, it goes in your books. Accrual is when you actually make the agreement. So a good example is inventory. If you're in cash, you would buy, let's say $50,000 and it would appear in January. If you're accrual, you would actually spread it out on when you actually make the sale. So it matches up. Accrual can be a lot easier 
to actually understand your business. But there's a common segment in the e-commerce industry where all the brokers went on podcasts and said, hey, you got to be accrual to uh, maximize your, your sale. And that can be true. But the real answer is you should talk to your CPA. There are different situations where it makes sense for you to cash to be make sense for accrual. Not everyone sells their company. So you might save money in taxes by doing one or the other and not even focus on, on selling it. And there, it's not necessarily black and white. Your CPA might say, hey, let's do cash for one year and move to accrual next year. So make sure you have an actual conversation with your CPA about which one it is and make sure that you work with a bookkeeper that is capable of doing both in case your, your CPA wants to make a change there. Yeah. I just went through that with my wife because she's in the middle of selling her business. So I completely understand. In fact, she had to switch it. I think it was from cash to accrual or I can't remember to be honest, but. That's why there's somebody else to guide you, right? <laughs> right. Um, number six, having the top line of your income statement, the net that's deposited to your bank account. So that is incorrect. A lot of bookkeepers that don't understand e-commerce will do that. That's why you use a tool like A2X to get the correct top line sales, to get all the fees and refunds and all the different line items that go into it. All that should be broken down. You're going to file incorrect taxes um, if you're using the net deposit into your bank account. So that is a quick way to understand if your bookkeeper understands e-commerce. Make sure that you're not using that in the top line of your income statement. Anything you guys want to add there? Nope. You're good with me on that one. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. We got a few more left. So next one is not segmenting your books. If you're selling five products and three of them are unprofitable, you want to know that. You don't want to just get your net profit on your entire company. So make sure you're segmenting your books. Make sure that if you're selling on different marketplaces, you know what the margin is and, and what you're making on each marketplace. For some businesses, selling in Amazon Europe might make a lot of sense. For others, it might be a complete waste of time and energy. The only way that you can know and make good decisions there is by segmenting your books, by SKU, by marketplace. If you're selling on Shopify, Amazon, eBay, you need to know how you're doing on each platform, and that's going to help you make better decisions in your business. So it's worth paying extra for segmentation. It's worth using a bookkeeper that can actually do that. Make the, the You do bookkeeping. For yes, it makes taxes less stressful. Yes, it might help you sell a company or get funding or investments, but most entrepreneurs don't even go through that. The real reason you do bookkeeping is to make good decisions every single month and segmentation allows you to do that. So Nate, kind of explain a little bit on that. Um, so if you're using uh, some sort of tool or software, how are you able to kind of get that data into there to segment, right? Like it seems like some of these programs just kind of pull in all your sales from Amazon, all your sales from say Shopify, all your sales from, you know, some other marketplace. How are you segmenting that down? Uh, not to get too detailed, but I'm just kind of curious because a lot of times it just pulls mass data in and just kind of puts it into one. Yeah. I mean, it can be simple. If you're just on Amazon and Shopify, you know, your Amazon and Shopify sales and, and your cost of goods accordingly. If you're, if it's more complicated than that, A2X is a good job where you can put in each SKU and, and figure it out per SKU. Um, and then same thing, if you're selling on, on, let's say multiple Amazon marketplaces, you can break that down as well. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> and that kind of leads to number nine. So we're talking about tools, um, using a tool and thinking it replaces monthly bookkeeping. There are a lot of tools out there that are great, that give you good insight, that allow you to make decisions, that allow you to track stuff on a daily basis or monitor inventory. None of those replace monthly bookkeeping. At the very least, you need monthly bookkeeping and 
every business that you ever start, it needs to be in QuickBooks or Zero, like we talked about. And any of those tools should be looked at as an add-on, something that helps you in addition to monthly bookkeeping. It should not be looked at as a replacement and your CPA should not be filing taxes based on what seller board or whatever tool it is, um, use, uh, is, is producing data. So. Very nice. Uh, did we, we might've skipped eight. Did we skip eight? Uh, eight was, Oh, we did skip eight. Number eight. Sorry. Only caring That's about not, your, let's P&L. go out of order a little bit. <laughs> That's why you guys are here. Keeping on my toes. So, uh, P and L there's three reports you should be getting every single month. Income statement, balance sheet, cash flow. These are good reports to learn just as a life skill. If you're ever going to invest in a company, if you're ever going to invest in the stock market and buy publicly traded companies, you should always be able to read income statement, balance sheet, cash flow. It obviously helps you with your own business as well. A lot of entrepreneurs like the income statement uh, or also known as the PL because it's simple, uh, but that is not the only thing you should be looking at, especially in e-commerce businesses. I'll, I'll give you guys uh, a small example with FreeUp, which was a digital business with no inventory that paid freelancers in the same week that we charged clients. There was We pretty much pulled out all cash out of the business outside of a little bit of a reserve. There was really no, no reason to have a, or I should say have, but no reason to really monitor cash flow and balance sheet because we didn't really have any assets. We didn't have any debt or liabilities and we didn't for cash flow matches our, our, our uh, PL. So th- those types of businesses, sure. Only PL. E-commerce businesses are not like that. You might have debt. You might have inventory. You will have inventory. And all of that needs to show on your balance sheet. And you need to be, you need to get good at reading those three reports. There's two ways to get good at reading those reports. One is there's lots of free YouTube videos and courses out there um, from bookkeepers that you can read. Option two is look at them every single month for your own business and ask questions for things you don't know. Ask your CPA, ask your bookkeeper, your business partner, whoever it is, and you're going to get really good at understanding those three reports. When we went to sell free up and we had an initial call with the, the, the buyers, they asked us a lot of questions about our reports and we knew them really well because we looked at them every single month for the past four years. So the best thing to do is look at those reports get in the habit of not just scrolling through the balance sheet and the cash flow, but looking at those as well. And I'll also add there are e-commerce businesses that are profitable, but go out of business because they have negative cash flow. So cash flow is incredibly important. A lot of businesses need to get funding or financing or whatever it is um, in order to keep cash flow alive, especially during slow times. So it's something that's important to monitor. Right. Keep going. All right. <clears throat> Number 10, we slightly touched upon, but I always like to repeat this because it, it's crazy to me that, that people would have like a, a CPA over here and a bookkeeper over here and never have them talk. Your bookkeeper and your CPA should always communicate. They should be on the same page. You should CC them in emails, especially around tax time. Your bookkeeper usually needs information from your CPA, whether it's adjustments or whatever it is. I've had clients who will say, hey, I don't want to pay my CPA to, to actually talk to you because then they're going to charge me per hour. You want to have those conversations. It only benefits your business. If you have a lawyer and a CPA and you're going through a sale, you want them to communicate. Same thing, bookkeeper and CPA should all be on the same page and should be able to get along and be able to make good decisions for your business. There's also plenty of times where you think that your business has been set up a certain way or is filing a certain way and your CPA comes in and says, no, that's not actually the case. And then you're going to have to waste money having a bookkeeper go back and review a lot of work. So get your CPA and bookkeeper to communicate up front. 
when we integrate new clients for Econ Balance, we always get their CPA's information so that we're on the same page from day one. It's a, a key into to kind of growing what I call your external team, which is your, your bookkeepers, your, your lawyers, your CPAs, uh, your CFOs, if you get that far. Um, you always want them on the same page, communicating, knowing who each other is. Very nice. All right. Number 11 to close it out is not having a monthly finance meeting. If you're listening right now, go to your calendar between the 15th and the 20th, put a meeting on your calendar, your business partner, your investors, whoever they are should be in that meeting. That is the meeting that you go through your income statement, your balance sheet, your cash flow. That's the meeting where you make decisions on your business. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to hire someone or look at the money you go into your bank account and decide to fire someone. You are going to look at those reports, have a monthly finance meeting that you don't miss for any reason. And that's when you make decisions for your business. So if you go to econbalance.com, you can grab our free finance meeting. It's the same meeting Connor and I've been running for I think six or seven years now, every single month. You're welcome to, to use our agenda uh, for that. But at the very least, have a monthly finance meeting and make sure you have a bookkeeping firm that will get you the reports before that meeting. So you have something to review and talk about during that meeting. So those are my 11 e-commerce book or those are my 11 Amazon bookkeeping mistakes to avoid. Why, why between the 15th and the 20th, Nate? So you got like in the perfect world, you would, the month would end and on the first, right? You just get your income statement balance sheet and cash flow. That's not realistic, mostly because of the banks and the credit cards. They don't really end right on the first. Plus your bookkeeper needs some time to actually do the book. So you normally the banks will get your statements done between the second and the eighth, somewhere in there. You can actually call your bank and try to move those dates up, which will only mm -hmm. help you and help your bookkeepers. Um, and then obviously your bookkeepers need time to review everything there. So by getting, ideally your meetings on the 15th and you have a bookkeeper that gets your reports by the 15th, but you can kind of move that around depending on whatever your agreement is with the, the bookkeeper. Incredible. Thank you for that. Well, I, Rob, do you have any other questions? Otherwise I think we can dive into what Ecom Balance does. Cause I think that would be a pretty in-depth convo right there. Yeah, no, that this was a lot to take in. I'm uh, sure definitely going to have to use some of these tips and pass them on to my wife. Uh, for her business and some of the accounting she does. So uh, great tips. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk more about Econ Balance. I want to hear more. Yeah, so Econ Balance was founded a year ago. We've got about 15 bookkeepers, over 100 clients. Uh, our service is pretty simple. We don't do tax. We don't do CFO services. Uh, we offer monthly bookkeeping. We charge you on the first. You get books by the 15th or earlier every single month. And all our bookkeepers specialize in e-commerce, whether it's Amazon, Shopify, eBay, Walmart, uh, you name it. And uh, yeah, we're process junkies. So everything Connor, my business partner, and I do, we're, we're obsessed about how do we make it as easy as possible for a client to sign up, get integrated, uh, work with our team, great communication, fast responses. Uh, that's really what we focus on. But if you go to econbalance.com and mention this podcast, you'll get two months free. Woo, look at that. So ecombalance.com, you guys, super easy for anybody listening on the audio platform. Um, what what can we expect to see from Econ Balance in, in the next two to three years? You said you guys are right at a year old. So happy anniversary, happy birthday. Um, what can we expect to see from you guys moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, we love the space, so hopefully we continue to, to grow it. We just launched a sister brand called Accounts Balance. That's for agencies and non-e-commerce businesses. Uh, e-commerce tends to be some of the, the more complicated bookkeeping. So we spun off a, a cheaper version, uh, same monthly bookkeeping, but for, for non-e-commerce businesses, not inventory uh, carrying businesses. And uh, yeah, that's what we're excited about. We're, we're partnering with a, a lot of different people in the space, including you guys. And uh, we're, we're just excited to, to be back in the e-commerce space. And Maybe we'll see you guys at a conference at some point. We're happy to have you back and you yeah. definitely will. You'll see at least one of us at something. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, this is great information. And yeah, people should utilize this. Uh, go check out econbalance.com. Uh, especially, I know it. this is like one of the big pain points for all Amazon sellers is dealing with books, right? And uh, right. you know, trying to figure out somebody that's reliable, can take care of it. There's a few of them out there. Go do your research, but definitely head on over to econbalance.com and check it out. Nate, it was awesome having you on, man. Great stuff. And, and I loved how you pivot. Uh, you always have these amazing SOPs and these different ways of doing things. Hence why it's probably a very smooth process to uh, have econbalance handle your books for you. So thank you so much for uh, coming on the Sellernomics podcast and sharing that. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great weekend, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash Sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.